problem, Wags. Yep, we, we roll right into it, man. It's only an hour, Jeff. How Jordan Scruggs. Jordan, how much sleep have you gotten, man? Portal Portal open today. And because uh, Kyle McCord going in, that's the, been the big shocker so far, right? Unless there's been something happening in the last hour that I haven't seen. Uh, yeah, not, not a ton of sleep. I uh, had, had to write the stampede and was feeling pretty burnt out of energy yesterday. So. I actually uh, <laughs> ran to Starbucks right before they closed and bought a ton of cold brew so I could wake up really early this morning and not have to uh, to drive over there. Um, but yeah, been a pretty hectic day. Kyle McCord obviously started it off uh, 24-7 zone. Matt Zenon's actually at the story before 6 a.m. So props to him. Um, probably one end up being the biggest name today. Not that I know of like some crazy headliners, but that's kind of just how it works. You know, I doubt mm-hmm. that uh, Kyle McCord will end up being the name with the most buzz after today. Um, but yeah, man, crazy day. Um, sorry, Dylan Gabriel actually, it, Dil- Dylan Gabriel actually is in the portal now. I know we, uh, I'm, I, I'm wasn't paying attention. When we were talking about Dylan Gabriel last week. I said he's in the portal. And you're like, no, he's not. He's not heading the portal. Well, Dylan Gabriel's in the portal now. So uh, there's that. But you know, Oklahoma, their quarterback situation. I mean, it, I'm just kind of, I'm trying to find out. I wonder if Dylan Gabriel's going to play in the bowl game or if this is going to be like the start of the Jackson Arnold era at Oklahoma. But Jordan, uh, to me. It's it's starting to shape up to be one of those deals where, man, I, Texas has needs, right? Like we've talked about safety being a need. They're always going to be looking for defensive line help. Offensive line help is another one that you can't ever turn down if you can get it, if there's an option that comes up. But, man, the the depth of the wide receiver position in the portal, Texas is going to end up with maybe a couple really damn good wide receivers that can come in right away and – potentially make up for for you losing Xavier Worthy and and A.D. Mitchell, probably losing both those guys to the draft. I know Jordan Whittington's moving on, but man, that wide receiver position, it's filling up pretty early with with quality depth. Um, It is. It really is. Um, and there's a ton of receivers who are in the portal and are going to be in the portal. Um, and a lot of those guys are going to have interest in Texas. You know, Texas has shown they're going to throw the ball and spread it out. They've also shown that even if Quinn Ewers doesn't come back, that uh, that Arch Manning isn't a two-star, as many people thought. And uh, he, he's actually been able to get it done in uh, in his time at Texas. Um, that said, you know, a lot of players want to come play with Arch and a lot of the, the guys that are already at Texas right now, they want to play in the SEC. Um, Texas also has one of not the best NIL setups in all of America, so that's obviously certain a factor, or certainly a factor. Um, NIL is always going to be a factor in recruiting, high school recruiting, portal recruiting, but man, there isn't a player that gets paid more than someone who's in the portal that has shown and proven that they can do it at the next level. Specifically when it's, it's, it's like the NFL drafts and, and like NFL free agency where the quarterbacks and the edge rushers are always going to get paid the most, um, left tackles too, but. I mean, good left tackles don't really go in the portal, kind of just like good edge rushers don't go in the portal. Um, I know we talked about Ochoan Mathis last week, but like, for example, he was the clear-cut number one edge during uh, his portal cycle, I guess. And I don't think he's in the NFL right now. So, um, you know, it's a lot of hitting and missing for sure on certain positions. And 
a lot of the big name guys, like if schools want them, they're going to need a, to write a, a fat check. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of just how it is. And, you know, if, if you're a fan of Texas, pretty, uh, pretty good school to be a fan of in the portal. Like I said, Texas has really impressive NIL setup. So, you know, they're able to play ball with anyone and <laughs> they're able to, to be in the same price point as anyone. Um, so that you know, said, yeah. they're going to be aggressive for the guys they want and the guys that they like, but another school might want to give them a price that Texas feels is too high. They're going to let them walk because for the first time in however long I can remember, Texas is now in a position to turn people down. So yeah. that yeah. said, the way they're approaching the portal this year and the way they'll approach, they approach the portal last year and the way they'll approach the portal this next year and the year after, or even in the spring window, it's always going to be different than the time before, just because there are different circumstances with the situation right now. And yeah. with Texas, it's going to be, I don't want to say a log jam, but the staff is going to have to figure out the logistics because the portal closes the second Texas is second of uh, January. Texas is playing the first. Now with Texas being in a bowl game, they'll be given the, the players will be given five days extra to announce their intentions in the portal or whatever, but still, um, the days are very close. So Texas is going to have to figure out how to get these guys out of the program to make room for the guys they want. Um, it, that, this time of the year is never fun for any side involved, but no. you know you got to do what you got to do, and Texas has figured it out before. They're going to figure it out again. Yeah, it's not the time. If you're a player, it's not the time to be wishy-washy for, for anybody. Because, like, let's say you you go into a meeting with Sark and you say, well, I'm, I'm thinking about getting in the portal. I mean, you need to be able to get your name out there in time to be able to maximize your value, if you will, to, to be able to find the best spot for you. And for the Texas staff, they need to know if you're if you're staying or going. So that way they know, hey, we have a scholarship spot available or we don't. So it's a lot of tough decisions are going to have to be made in the next few weeks. But. Jordan, get back to get back to wide receiver. And again, this is even mentioned. Deion Burks from Purdue is in now, and you know, he's got quotes, I believe, to Steve Wiltfong that said, "Hey, yeah, the first school he mentions is Texas. I like Texas." And this is this is the byproduct of having an offensive scheme that's receiver friendly that guys actually want to come play in and be a part of, which Texas hasn't had that before. But in the Stampede, you you list ten names to watch in the transfer portal. The first seven are wide receivers. I mean, it's that's going to be the one position, Jordan, where they – Sark's going to have to tell some really good, really talented guys, you know what, we like you, but, man, we're just full. We just can't take it. We just can't take ten wide receivers. Like, it just can't can't do that to your roster. Um, of these guys you mentioned, and I just – I don't want to, you to know, get into all of them. And, so again, some of these guys have not entered yet or announced their intentions to enter, but you put them in here because, like, Matthew Golden from Houston – is one that, hey, if the kill shorts isn't retained, which we talked about that a lot, he's probably going to be in the portal. But Relique Brown, Jaron Bradley, uh, Will Shepard from Purdue, Juice Wells of South Carolina, Matthew Golden, who we just talked about, Evan Stewart, who just like every time there's a portal window coming up, we're talking about Evan Stewart, Samuel Brown, another U of H guy. Um, of those guys I mentioned, man, which, which guys do you think are either fits for Texas or, or you see something – Something may be happening here pretty quick where uh Texas makes a move on on one of those one of those seven guys. And again, those are the guys, the yeah. guys that are in the portal or have announced they're going in. Yeah. Um Juice Wells is definitely gonna be a name to track. Uh, you know, it's kind of like the worst kept secret that 
Texas is where he'd like to end up. Um, now, the thing is, just because he wants to end up at Texas doesn't mean that they have to take him. Um, as good as he is, there are better options and there will be better options. Um, that said, you know, it's what you hit on with. They're going to have to juggle player A wanting to commit when they think player B is better, but they don't know for sure if they'll get player B. They have to use their best judgment to figure that out. Yeah. The same thing happens in, in high school recruiting, but you don't have just one month to recruit high schoolers. You have four years. Um, and so, you know, that said, um, all those guys I feel like can fit at Texas. I feel like if I had to name one that had the lowest chances, it'd be Sam Brown. I kind of just threw him on there because I found out last night. Um, and because I needed to get another name, thought about maybe putting <laughs> Walter Nolan or other guys on there, but you know, they're not, they don't, I don't think Walter Nolan's ending up at Texas or is even going to respond to any calls from Texas. If they have yeah. Um, so, I mean, any of those guys, right? Like I could see them taking one receiver because they feel like they only need one receiver. I can feel, I could see them taking three. Casey Kane and Isaiah Nair can leave. Um, and I feel like the writing's kind of on the wall for both of those guys at Texas. Casey Kane had to play a lot last year just because they didn't really have any talented receivers on the roster or ones that could play outside of Whittington and Worthy. And, I mean, this series barely played at all. So, with him, you know, there, it, it, there's going to be a point for all these guys. They got to look themselves in the mirror. You know, do I want to play in the NFL? Do I want to play on the field in college? You know, yeah. they got to answer that question and face the harsh reality with themselves and Depending, like, there's just so many moving parts here. A lot of people keep asking me, like, numbers or, you know, how many guys you think Texas adds or loses or how many at this position. We won't know until players at Texas start leaving. Um, or so, yeah. I mean, we know of certain players that are leaving until they announce it. Um, so it's all just there, there's so many moving parts here. And with receivers, they're gonna they're only gonna take guys, and this isn't just for receivers. They're only gonna take guys they feel like are truly worth it that they're not overpaying for and that they're not reaching for. Mm -hmm. um, so a receiver, I feel like that could be a combo of really any of those seven guys that I mentioned, along with um, who Will Fong wrote about from Purdue. I'm blanking on his name. Deion uh, Burks. Deion Burks. Yeah. So there's a lot Texas can do there. They have a lot of creativity um, and how they can shuffle it up, which guys they could bring in at which different receiver positions. So, you know, it's going to be fun to track and fun to watch. Um but again, I do know that, and I've talked about this a lot. I talked about it a lot last week. You know, they want a big-bodied outside receiver they can throw it up to. And they just don't have that on the roster with A.D. Mitchell leaving. Um, mm -hmm. I've said it a lot, too. A lot of people are going to argue that's what Nair is. Nair may not be coming back, but also that's just not what Nair is. He's not a possession-type receiver. Um, I feel like definitely more of kind of a standard, I guess, receiver. He's just 6'2 and is taller. But... Think yeah, about, I saw uh, some think, think about what think about what Gabe Davis is with Buffalo in the NFL. Yeah. That's kind of a that's a pretty if you look at Nayer's numbers, if you look at Gabe Davis's numbers when he was at UCF, like the profile, the body type, the skill set, the production, it's it's pretty there's a vis a V comparison you can make there. Yeah. Yeah. Um so if someone asked Julian Fleming if they'd have interest there. I don't know, because he, I believe, will have two years left because I don't – at least one of his four years at Ohio State, I don't think he played. Um, well, here's the deal, though, Jordan. Like, they don't 
a guy like Julian Fleming, is he talented? Yeah, but they don't have to chase receivers. They're going to have enough talented guys show interest that they don't have to go, you know, they don't have to go big game hunting, so to say, because there's going to be a lot of big game that, you know, for a lack of a better term right now, just kind of walks up to the feeder that's going to be there to pick off, so to say. Um, sure. They're not going to have to – Texas is not going to be hurting for wide receivers. If, if they do – if for some reason they are, then, you know, whatever, something went wrong that we're not foreseeing going wrong. But wide receivers in need, and, and they're probably going to end up with, you know, a good wide receiver haul. Because Sark Sark's not going to leave anything to chance at that, at that position because – in this offense, he needs game breakers, man. Especially the the, the other factor we got to think about, Jordan. And this is <laughs> this is one that could could go either way. Again, that's why I don't think you know reporting. I think reporting on it is, and trying to report on it in real time. There's just too many moving parts and hypotheticals. Quinn Ewers could be back next year, but if Quinn throws for 400 against Washington, and then he goes and beats Alabama in the national championship game. And has a big game, uh, Quinn might not be coming back at that point. So, you know, but if he is, or if Arch Manning is your quarterback next year, whatever the case is, or it's Malik Murphy, who knows? Sark's not going to – Sark wants to surround that quarterback with as much skill talent as he possibly can and make sure you've got you've got the best of the best available for these high – for these blue-chip quarterbacks you're bringing in. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I don't think they'll have any problem of getting those guys. I know just because I'll be asked about it, I think someone already asked about it um, or said something. Evan Stewart, everyone I've talked to over the last week has told me that they think um, he's entering, meaning I think he's entering. Don't think he's ending up at Texas just because of the obvious dynamics of uh, him being a current AM player. Um, along with some other dynamics. But I know that there are people at Texas that really feel like they'd have a shot if he were to go on the portal. Um, and now I don't want to be like, yeah, I think my sources who have been nothing but good to me and correct and right are lying, but I personally just don't see it happening. And um, again, like, you know, while Texas does have a lot of money, it's not an infinite budget. Um and they are very smart about how they spend the money and how they spread the money. They've kind of changed how they do it. Um, the longer they've been at Texas, I guess, the longer NIL has been a thing. But, you know, Evan Stewart is going to be a very expensive get for whoever gets him. Very, mm-hmm. very, very expensive. Um, and, I mean, he's he could sit out this year and go first round next year. You know, he's only going to be there one year. So, Texas, you know, if they really want to get in a form, they're going to have to spend a ton of cash. And with Texas, you know, one-year rental, is it worth it? Maybe. I mean, he's one of, if not the best receivers in college, at least next year will be. Is that worth it? You know, we don't know. So, yeah, it's going to be something that... No, go ahead, Jordan. Sorry. Oh, I'll say... It just with, with Evan, it's it's going to be something that everyone is going to be tracking until he does enter. And even when he does, you know, we'll be endlessly tracking. will be one of the biggest stories. Um, and again, you know, talking to sources, everyone thinks he's going to enter, including an A&M player I talked to this morning. Um, yeah. So it, a- A&M is about to take on some water. Uh, Elijah Robinson getting fired or not, not fired, leaving. 
Um, not not so great for them. So taking the taking the DC job at Syracuse, by the way, for those who haven't heard, that came out. Yeah, what Jordan probably about four or five o'clock yesterday, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, one guy I want to ask you about, and again. U of H is really interesting because speaking of, you know, AM hiring Mike Elko, they're trying to get the staff together. Same thing with Houston and Willie Fritz. Uh, you know, mentioned Matthew Golden, the the kill shorts, the kill short status, a lot of that hinges there. One guy that's really interesting, though, man, and again, I you can never have too much defensive line help. But Jamari Caldwell is a guy that he's he's on your 10 to watch. Man, he's a guy that uh, you know, I, I just you kind of looked at U of H's defensive line on the hoof and you're like, well, okay, there's nothing, nobody really physically imposing, but that dude played, I don't know, might've had his best game of the year against Texas. So it could have just been, that was the one game that I really watched him was maybe his best game of the year. But um, man, if I'm Texas and he enters the portal, that's a name you got to look at just because you can never, you can never have too many talented D linemen, especially, you know, if, if Alfred Collins decides not to come back and decides to go ahead and put his name in the draft, um, you're you're looking at the possibility, man, bringing back Vernon Broughton and and, and maybe Trill Carter, and and that's probably it for your D line rotation. So D line is going to be one of those where you're going to see some portal names pop up for them D line. But Jamari Caldwell is really interesting for me, man, just because again. Uh, it could have been that I just watched the by far the best game he played all year, but I was really impressed with him when I, when I watched him against Texas. Yeah. Um, I think statistically the, or at least like what stats they keep track of, um, for defensive linemen that the Texas game was his best game of the year. Uh, he ended up having six and a half sacks is pretty much like a pure nose tackle, which is pretty hard to do. Um, but the rest of his stats like aren't crazy impressive, but I mean, it's important to remember, like, D linemen are doing the job. It's not because they're getting stats, because they're taking up space and aren't movable. So you got to run around them. Like he's a damn good player. Um, oh, Jordan, you muted and, yourself. Oh, am I muted still? Am I still muted? No, you're good now. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, that was weird. Um, <laughs> there, there are a ton of SEC schools and ACC schools after him that are offering a lot of money right now. Um, the way it's been told to me by a source close to him is that if Brian Early is retained by the Tulane staff, he's the uh, the defensive line coach for Houston, then uh, then he's going to stay in Houston. If not, then he's leaving pretty similar situation to uh, Matthew Golden with the Keel Shorts. Um, actually, as of last night, uh, still hadn't heard from uh, my UH source about hires and what they decided on. I know they're still sorting it out, but um, my source for UH who's been helping keep me in the loop with all the UH players we've talked about. He doesn't think that uh, the shorts will be retained. I asked about early. He said he wasn't sure. Um, but Matthew Golden, I'm expecting him to enter the portal, and I'm expecting Texas to be one of the finalists for sure for him if that does happen. Um, with Jamari Caldwell, you know, there are going to be better options than him that I'd expect them to be interested in. I still think they'd show interest in Caldwell if he did enter. Um, but, you know, a lot of those numbers and stuff for D-Lineman won't be decided until they get word back from their own guys in Texas yeah. right now and if those guys are leaving. Um, you know the name I also wrote about? Well, uh, hold, hold on, Jordan. Real, real, real quick, I, I think it's important to note, too, um, some of the guys that have a year left, Alfred Collins, you know, Isaiah Nair, Trill Carter, 
Jalen Catalans, and we we haven't heard of a guy yet that the Texas staff. And I hate to put it in these terms, but let's be let's not sugarcoat it, man. Let's be real. It is what it is. We haven't heard of of any of those guys where the Texas staff is planning on encouraging them to move on. You know, at this point, guys that are on the roster right now, for the most part, it if they've got eligibility left, especially like those upper those upperclassmen, then they would be welcome back. Especially a guy like, you say what you want about Jalen Catalan, but if he decides to take advantage of that one year he's got left, okay, safety suddenly maybe becomes less of a pressing need. It's still a need. You're probably going to need to address it. Uh, but to your point, Jordan, I think you, you said this last week. And again, I've talked to you. I've talked to, to Hank. I've talked to so many other people just trying to get an idea of what position groups look like. Safety is one of those that, man, if you get Catalan to come back and if you can flip Xavier Filsamy from Florida and if you can get Kobe Black in the door, okay, maybe now while you still maybe want to add a portal safety, maybe it's it, it's not going to be the priority the receiver or D-line is. So, again, like Jordan saying, guys, it's, it's a ton of moving parts on this deal. So, uh, sorry I interrupted, Jordan, but pr- go go ahead. Yeah, no, uh, you're all good. Um, yeah, just a bunch of moving parts. Another D-lineman I want to talk about was uh, Kyle Kennard or Kennard. I'm not sure how it's pronounced, to be honest with you. Um, he's uh, from Georgia Tech. He's at He's been at Georgia Tech for four years, I believe, um, originally from Atlanta. I was told. A pretty good source that uh, his preferred destination, he wants to come to Texas. His production isn't bad, and, you know, a player with four years of experience in the ACC is definitely a plus. But if you have four years, that means you likely only have one year left, which either is one or two. Um, Jamar Caldwell, for example, this is something I should have hit on with Caldwell. He has one year left. And the numbers I'm hearing, he's going to get paid like uh, a mid-round draft pick if he leaves. Um, that said, you know, Texas also not huge fans of taking guys with one year. You know, you don't want yeah. just a one-year rental. If it's a type, certain type of dude, you know, you're going to make it work like A.D. Mitchell. But, you know, for some of these other guys and the price points they have, they, they just won't feel like it's worth it for some of these one-year rental guys, and they won't do it. Um yeah, and Kyle Kennard, by the way, yeah. Kyle Kennard, by the way, Jordan, from what I'm looking at, he's got two years. He's a two-year guy. Got it. Got it. Um, so that's just something they're going to have to address with, with the portal and with the money and eligibility, all that. Um, another one I want to talk about was uh, Relief Brown. Um, mm-hmm. Texas and Utah are still, I feel like, setting the pace there. Um Texas, he, I haven't, I wrote this, but I haven't talked to anyone in Texas about what they exactly would use him at or how they'd like to use him. Um, but I mean, he's kind of a carbon copy of Keelan Robinson physically and, uh, play style wise is very similar as well. And similar kind of high school background, like they're not from the same area, but I just meant kind of the type of prospects, players, whatever they were out of high school. He's someone who Texas is interested in and he also has a lot of interest in Texas and, as loaded as the running back room is, you know, you always want to add more competition to it and guys who can make the room better. And not only can he make it better, he can bring something to the team that they won't have next year with Keelan uh, Robinson off the off the roster, which is speed and his ability to not only catch the ball out of the backfield, but be able to line up any of the receiver spots and actually get open on defensive backs and catch the ball. Return um, game too, Jordan. I think if Matthew Golden goes into the portal, 
Like, I think that's why Matthew Golden probably, I don't know if he'd be their number one receiver, but he'd be in that conversation, not just because, I mean, he's a well-rounded guy. He, yes, he's a guy that can make c- contested catches, but he's also a guy that can stretch the field. He's also a guy that can make, you know, he can be there for you on third down, whatever. He can manipulate man coverage. He can find spots in zone. He can also be a really big factor for you in the return game, and you're losing Keelan Robinson, and you're going to lose Xavier Worthy. So, I mean, Jonte Cook might be your punt returner next year, but it, it can't. It's not going to hurt you to bring in guys that have experience at this level, being a, being involved in the return game. And Relique Brown, Relique Brown's a guy that can help you there from day one, or at least be in a position to help you from day one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. No, it's good, man. And by the way, you got that uh, uh, little, little little work conversation here briefly you got that text i sent you right right before we went on the air yes i did I okay did. Yeah. Um, is that uh you 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 good on that yeah yeah okay. i'll uh, okay, cool. i'll figure it out well hey real quick though what, what i was gonna say earlier on, on the collectives right because that's where you know we're when you talk about the money that's where it's coming from um and what jordan's talking about that it's not an, an endless no, limitless budget you gotta remember the, the, the people putting up the money in these collectives, um, they, they didn't get in a position to be able to do that with their money by being frivolous with it. Like they, the smart, really smart business people from various walks of life and, and, and parts of business that made really smart, sound decisions with their money. And that's why they're in the position they're in. So um, this isn't just going to be a deal where it's, you know, the Sydney Oprah show, like you get half a million dollars and you get half a million dollars. Um, it's, you know, it, you're going to, you're going to spend money uh, pretty wise. Jordan, one, one name I, I did want to bring up though, similar to uh, kind of Evan Stewart, just in terms of a name that people see him out there. It's like, Oh my gosh, you know, this guy, or he, you know, I know Evan Stewart was committed to Texas at one time, but this guy was in the mix and this, that, and the other. Uh, Omari Abor uh, was a Duncanville kid, signed with Ohio State, didn't play a ton at Ohio State, just not a ton of production, but he's in the portal as an edge guy with three years left. Uh, does that make sense for Texas or or maybe not at this point? Um, No, I'm not. A, as of right, I actually have a pretty good source for him. And as of last night, Texas hasn't hit him up at all. Um, now, you know, a great university and a scholastic system like Texas, you know, they probably aren't hitting up anyone until they're officially in the portal. But I do know for a fact, as of right now, they haven't, or as of, again, yesterday, they haven't hit up Amari Abor. Um, his his process is a long way to go in the portal, but I do know, like, SMU and Vanderbilt both had uh, some interesting things for him to say or for him to hear. And... Um, there's a few of the lower power fives that are involved. There's some, I guess, major power fives getting to getting involved. But with him, I mean, he has two career tackles in two years at Ohio State. Um, his freshman year, his freshman year, I don't know if uh, it was ever released, but I do remember whenever I was up there, I'd gone on a visit with the uh, with the recruit actually. <laughs> Last fall, and I saw him on the sideline. He was wearing a boot and everything. And I actually said what's up to him. We talked, but I completely forgot what he told me the injury was. But it was something with an ankle or leg, I guess. Great. Don't know how it's he great, got it, though. Great reporting skills. <laughs> it told me what it was, but I forgot. I mean, yeah. Um, so, uh, you've, you've slept. So you've with slept Amari, that it's forgiven. 
with, with Amari, I, I don't expect Texas to 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 pursue him because I mean they don't need edge rushers at all. They no, just don't. Baron Sorrell's coming back. Uh, yeah, Justice Finkley, Colton Vosick was banged up this year, but you know he he should be back. Ethan Burke is coming like you've. You, know, you still got, you know, Jare Bledsoe is a guy that just they haven't had a chance to get him on the field, but maybe he's an edge, maybe he's, you know, situational guy, whatever. But yeah, George, right? They they've got bodies there. And shoot, I'm even forgetting about like a guy like Billy Walton, uh, who redshirted this year out of South Oak Cliff. But speaking of a more able, and I, I do want to keep this Texas centric, but I, I think this is worth veering veering off to. SMU wins a conference championship this weekend. You mentioned SMU with him. This kind of speaks to what you were talking about last week, man, with SMU on the NIL front, a lot of these guys from the Metroplex, similar to Houston, right? A lot of Houston area kids maybe looking to come back home. U of H is going to make a lot of sense, especially now that it's in a power four conference in the Big 12. SMU making that transition to the ACC, they're in a power league. Um, SMU is going to make a lot of sense for a lot of these Metroplex kids coming back home looking for a place to play. Oh, you're muted, Jordan. And while, while Jordan gets unmuted, um, I'll say this too, man. SMU, credit Sonny Dykes with doing this, but and, and Rhett Lashley and that staff are keeping it going, man. They're they're going, they're not afraid to go into like parts of you know South Dallas, uh, get into that I that uh that 287 corridor, man, that runs from you know south of Dallas, like in, in that the Mansfield up into you know through Midlothian, Cedar Hill, up into Arlington ISD, that 287 corridor. Up into Fort Worth, a lot of freaking talent in that 287 quarter. I mean, SMU, SMU is not afraid to go to uh, some of the the talent rich schools in Dallas and uh, and get their guys and and Duncanville guys, South Oak Cliff guys. We've seen enough of those guys find homes at SMU uh, to where they can they can have a nice little talent base recruiting guys in their backyard, recruiting the right kind of guys for them in their backyard. So, at that with that said, Jordan, I'll, I'll give the floor back to you. Just SMU. Uh, Anybody that hasn't heard your spiel on SMU, man, it's there. They might be getting ready to take off in terms of what they're going to be able to do for guys on, on the NIL front. Yeah, they are. Um, they're they're getting their money in order and getting all that stuff put together. Um, I know what they're trying to do. Uh, Duncanville had a really good 2022 class. Um, they graduated. Amari Abor, uh, Jordan Crook, Cam Williams. Um Jaden Early or Jalen Early is either Jaden or Jalen. He was an interior offensive lineman that actually ended up at Florida State. I'm not sure if he's played at all at Florida State. I know they also had a tight end. I'm completely forgetting his name. Um, who also ended up at Florida State, actually. And they, they had a few other players go to smaller schools and stuff like that. But I do know SMU would do a lot of things to be able to get – Amari Abor, Jordan Crook, and Cam Williams together on the team next year. Um, they're in a really good spot for Amari. Again, his process is a long way to go. Uh, Jordan Crook, on the other hand, I'm expecting Jordan Crook to commit to SMU. Um, he was at Arkansas, signed there. Out of high school, was a three-star. I don't think played at all as a freshman last year or this, this season. I think he got some snaps. Um, but I'm fully expecting him to commit to SMU in like the next week or like if I got a notification right now. I'd be like, oh, there it is. Um, their pitch is stay home in Dallas and get paid out the ass for it while doing it. <laughs> also, Man, dude, honesty is the best policy. 
Yeah, you can also play in the ACC close to home, move to all that, and with some guys we went to high school with, and I guess flamed out with the college you're originally wanting to be at. Um, but yeah, that, that, I guess that's the SMU spiel. Being the ACC with some I do power. know there is a Such player a, that ahead, from sorry. there's a player from Texas that's going to enter the portal, um, and I've been talking to a. Uh, a source there. Uh, Cam does have the inside track for the starting right tackle job. It's basically his to lose next year. Like, we mm-hmm. don't think he's leaving. Um, no, but that's what I was saying. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll circle back to that here in just a sec. But. Okay, word. Um, damn, I completely just lost my train of thought. You're talking about SMU, something related to Texas, because you're talking about the SM, the, the Duncan oh. kids going to SMU. There's a player uh, from Texas that's going to enter the portal. That's like three options right now: are UNT, SMU, or TCU. Um, I just want to talk about that because it shows the, the players originally a DFW area native. It shows that uh, you know these players want to come home, um, especially when they're not playing. Mm-hmm. And SMU, TCU, UNT are able to feast off that because the DFW area is arguably the best hotbed in all of America. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, before, go ahead about Cam. No, before my Cam Williams point, I will say this. Uh, Eric Morris at North Texas, I think hiring a guy like Justin Owens in his recruiting department, portal season is really where these, that move can pay off for you. And hiring Chris Gilbert on your staff because you talk about two guys that have a lot of influence. Uh, you know, ha- their, their name means something in certain parts of the Metroplex. They, in some cases, especially with a guy like Justin Owens, has relationships with some of these guys that pre-exist years and years and years before you know they got to playing college football. That was a re- I thought that was a really, really strong hire by uh, by Eric Morrison. A really smart hire too. And hiring Chris Gilbert was another strong move. Man, there's no, you know, I, I can say this about a lot of schools in the state of Texas. Man, there's no reason why UNT shouldn't be a bowl team year to year. I mean, you're not talking about a, like it's not UTEP where you're just kind of out. You know, on an island in El Paso, and you're just separated from the rest of the state. I mean, you're you're in Denton. You're you're on the fringe of the Metroplex. You're you know, you're right there. So you should be able to put together a competitive roster year to year out. But with Cam Williams, Jordan, the point to think about with Cam Williams, and I think if you're a Texas fan, you you, you got to file this away because we've heard about this in the past with Xavier Worthy was one of these guys, Jaday Barron was one of these guys, and Malik Murphy was one of these guys last offseason. People are going to look at your roster. And like it or not, fair or not, within the rules or not, they're going to try to poach guys. They're going to try to entice guys. And a guy like Cam Williams, man, he hasn't played much his first two years. Pretty much been on the field goal PAT team his first two years. But you know, there's a there's a big enough carrot that somebody you know we're not saying SMU specifically, but you know, there's a big enough carrot that somebody could dangle in front of Cam Williams to get him to leave Texas. But like you said, Jordan, he's he's got the inside track to be a starter next year next to DJ Campbell on the right side of that offensive line. So it's uh, to, to book in with, with Kelvin Banks. So, you know, at that point, you're going to get plenty of looks from scouts. And we talked about this man, Texas is in the roster is getting in a position to where we've seen Alabama and Ohio state and Clemson and Georgia kind of have some of these guys where, even if you're kind of a blue chip guy coming out of high school, you may be a reserve for two years, start and play for one year, but have a really good year. And then all of a sudden you're a top 100 draft pick and you have to go. So keep that in mind with, with this Texas roster that 
the the shelf life as as players as even if they're significant contributors starters all conference type guys and the shelf life for some of these guys may be a year or two at the most yeah no it's it's the truth and also like part of <laughs> Texas being an SEC now it's a lot harder to uh, add FCS players and have them actually make an impact for you now that Texas is an SEC. Um, and it's also, it's really interesting if you just go through the players that even the Texas took out of high school um, whenever the Sark staff first got in there. There are so many guys that they took the first class out of high school that like wouldn't even get an offer nowadays. Same thing for the portal. If Ajay Hall or Jaleel Billingsley was in the portal this year, like they would get blocked by the Texas staff. Because the circumstances are just different. They're different now, you know? Oh, man, you got to warn me when it's coming. No, but to your point, though, like, and I I applaud these guys' efforts, right? So I'm not going to disparage them. But to your point, the roster changes, circumstances change. If Ray Thornton uh, and, like, Ovi Gofu and Devin Richardson were in the portal this year, Texas would have better options. But at that point, man – Sark just needed bodies. There were some positions, man, where you just needed bodies. And, you know, Bo Davis has a relationship with Ray Thornton. Great, go get him. Uh, Terry Joseph has a relationship with Ovia Gofu. Man, great, we, we need an edge guy. Whatever the case was, Ben Davis was another one of those guys from, from Alabama. Uh, you were kind of just grabbing guys. It's akin to uh, an NFL team trying to fill roster needs during the season on the waiver wire, right? You're not getting a guy that's a frontline player. Like he's on, he's on waiver. He's on a practice squad for a reason. But it's like, dude, we're so freaking desperate for linebackers right now. We just got to go, we got to go take a flyer on this guy. That's kind of where Texas was that first year in the portal. And it got a little bit better going into year two, a lot better going into year three. Now start going into year four to your point, Jordan, they, they can be picky. They can, they can tell guys no. And man, they're, it's, it's, it's kind of fun to see Texas back in a position. Now, hopefully, it gets managed better than the last time they were in this position. But they're in a position now to where they can tell they can tell guys no and, and feel okay about it. Yeah. And it's in high school recruiting, too. Like, man, when I was – and I was reaching out to uh, a lot of kids after Texas won the Big 12 championship, a lot of it was like, I bet he looks at Texas differently now. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. um, they finally did it. They finally did what they said they were going to do. Um, and that that's not a, a diss at the Sark staff. It's kind of just, when is the last time someone at Texas did what they said they're going to do? It's been a long time. Yeah. Um, I mean, Char- Charlie Strong cleaned house. He said he's going to do that and get the culture right. Charlie did that. But, yeah, pretty much that's. That's, that's about it. Weeding out some bad apples. They, that happened. You asked. I mean, he said he was going to get it right, and he, for the most part, he did. Yeah. Um, sorry, looking at that. No, and, and, and Fozzie, yeah, to, to your point, um, I think you look at some of those guys, man, uh, helping reset the culture, you know, Ray Thornton and Ovia Gofu. Uh, you know, Keelan Robinson was a guy they took in that first portal class, but that was – you know, of all, I think Texas took six, seven portal guys. I forget what the the number was, but they had. Uh, actually, we had at twenty four seven sports. We had our top one hundred transfers, our transfer rankings. There, there was one guy 
of all those portal guys they took that was in the top 100, one guy, and that was Keelan Robinson. That was it. None of those other guys were top 100 guys. But, yeah, to your point, Fozzie, they did – that. some of those guys did help reset the culture. Like Ovia Gofu, I know, was one of those guys that that helped with the culture. But, you know, at the end of the day, you, you thank them for their for their efforts and for what they did. But, you know, to Jordan's point, to my point, man, you're, you're – to, to say you're in a different place than you were now compared to where you were then, that's – dude, that's like saying, you know – that's like mistaking the creek in your backyard for the Nile. Like it's, dude, it's it's so far, it's so far on a different planet that you can't even properly describe it. Yeah, sorry, I'm just I'm looking through some of these uh these names on here from the the first portal cycle with the staff, and it's just wow. Yeah, oh, they added. Keelan Robinson, Devin Richardson, Ben Davis, Ray Thornton, Ovio Gofu, and Darian Dunn. Darian Dunn was actually uh, Darian Dunn was a Tom Herman guy that signed that December under the Herman staff, and uh, oh. in Texas, Texas ended up ended up keeping him. Um, I'm glad gotcha. to see we find the the, the, the the I've been trying to change in the database forever. The database finally put Brendan Schooler in the right. Uh, in the right portal class. It had had him in with the 21 guys instead of the 20 guys for forever. Uh, but then you look at the 22 portal class. Now you're seeing the change, right? Ryan Watts, Diamante Tucker Dorsey, Tariq Milton, who bad Tariq Milton. Did he play at Texas much? No, but what was Tariq Milton? He was an insurance policy for Jordan Whittington that year. It was an insurance policy that mm-hmm. you, didn't, you didn't need to cash it. Uh, Ajay Hall, Isaiah Nayer, Jaleel Billingsley. And then yeah, you get QB one was also a part of that. So again, you start to see a little bit. Uh, it starts to change a little bit in that portal cycle. And then, man, dude, it, there's not been a more. Even though Quinn was in that cycle, but in terms of, you know, what's the term? A pound for pound, Ryan uh, Ryan Sanborn, Trill Carter, Ad Mitchell, Jalen Catalan, Gavin Holmes, all those guys contributed this year. All those guys made meaningful contributions. There's not a. There's not one of those guys you'd look at, Jordan, and be like, yeah, well, you, know, you probably could put that guy back. He didn't do much. Or, man, I wish you'd have taken somebody else. Dude, all those guys helped out. I mean, yeah, Catalan got hurt. Uh, Trill Carter was a part of a defensive line rotation. The fact that he got in the rotation says something because they're just with Sweat and Murphy, there's aren't a ton of snaps available. And then Gavin Holmes provided you depth at corner. So that's a really good portal class. Yeah. It is. Um, and the, I feel like the numbers are going to be really interesting this year because I could see them taking like over 10 guys. If it's the right 10 plus guys, I could mm-hmm. see them only taking four guys. I could see them taking six. Like it's going to be really interesting. Any early names on replacement for choke? Which by um, the way, anybody that didn't see the report last night, uh, Matt Zenas, who, by the way, man, we made some really good hires over the year over the years of 24-7 sports, I don't know that very few of them has been as impactful as adding Matt Zenas to our national college football staff because Matt is the guy, he's one of the guys you want to go to for poor, but definitely for coaching changes. Uh, Matt Zenas is the guy to follow. Uh, he reported last night that uh, Jeff Choate had emerged as the favorite and, and it's expected that he's going to be named the next head coach at Nevada. Um, you know, I think he, I think people might look at Nevada, Jordan, and people like, oh, well, Las Vegas, is that really fit Choate? Like Reno, Reno is a little different. Reno's a little different from Vegas. It's probably a little more Jeff Choate speed. Jeff Choate did a great job coaching linebackers at Texas. Um, 
right now, CB, Jordan, I don't know if you, I haven't heard anything, Jordan, I don't know if you've got any early names, but you know, we're still trying to figure out, uh, get a handle on, is Jeff Choke going to stick with the, I would imagine he probably sticks with the team through the Sugar Bowl. Um, if they won the Sugar Bowl, at that point, it's only another week. Maybe you stick with Texas through through the end of the playoff. I don't know, but we're still trying to figure out, you know, is he going to be with the team through the bowl game? So, um, no, no early names. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's interesting, though. Um, you just kind of start looking at guys that have worked with PK in the past uh, or guys that he's mm-hmm. been attached to. Um, one name that I think is really interesting, man, you know, Andy Avalos just got fired as the head coach of Boise. He got fired during the season, and Boise ended up winning their conference, which is really weird. Um, maybe that's a guy you look at. I know uh, Bob Gregory's a guy that was at Washington, worked with PK. So you've got, you've got some names. I don't worry, Jordan, about Texas being able to find a, a quality linebackers coach. Jeff Cho, really good. But um, I also think, too, it, you need, because you've got guys like Leonga LaFowl and Tassilia Connie, you've recruited enough guys from, from Hawaii, you're probably going to rec- you're probably gonna need to hire somebody that at least has some familiarity recruiting Hawaii just for the – the homesick factor is going to be what it's going to be, but those guys had a really good relationship with Jeff Cho. So I think that – not that that's a prerequisite, but if you can find that, that would be a plus. Yeah, for sure. Um, a guy that I saw kind of just floated around on Twitter, and I don't think there's anything here, at least I haven't heard anything. But a guy who fits literally what you were saying is um, Colton Swan at Utah. He's Utah's linebackers coach. Uh, if you ever watch Utah play football, um, they have a lot of athletes who will never sniff an offer from Texas. So, and they win a lot of games. So, that said, imagine what he could do at Texas whenever you can, you know, pretty regularly at least be in it for guys like Anthony Hill. Um, he could be someone, uh, a name in house that I like a lot. I don't think they would do this. Um, but I feel very confident that he could get the job done if they do go this way. Joey Thomas, man. Um, a lot of people don't even know about Joey Thomas. Yeah. Um, he's like Terry Joseph's. He helps him with the DBs. He's a DB assistant. Um, he went to Montana State, actually, which is where Jeff Choate was prior to Texas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then played in the league for a few years. I believe he was a receiver, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and even though he's coaching the DBs, Prior to his time at Texas, he was um, actually the receivers coach at FAU, if I'm not mistaken. But the reason I say his name is, um, you know, they're players at Texas, players getting recruited by Texas, and parents of those two things I just said, I guess. Um, They truly believe that – sorry, give me one second. I just got a pretty important text. No, you're, you're, hey man, we we said this week's run of shows was probably going to be our our most frenetic. Um, yeah. So if Jordan needs to bail and handle some portal business, then so be it. I'll be good. I'm just I'm waiting on just waiting on him to give me the green light to post it. Um, but uh, God damn, Thomas, Joey, Joey, <laughs> Joey Thomas, Joey Thomas, yeah, Joey Thomas. There are uh, parent or players on the team, parents of players on the team, recruits and parents of recruits uh, that have been at practice with Texas in the last year or two or however long it's been since Joey Thomas joined the staff. 
They feel like Joey Thomas is just as important to the Texas staff as Terry Joseph. Some even think he's more important than Terry Joseph is to the staff. Um, NFL experience is something you can't coach. Uh, you kind of just have it as a coach or you don't. Um, mm-hmm. And he does. Um, I know kids love him and parents love him, and he's a big part of, like, the recruiting efforts for defensive backs. And he's highly respected. You know, he's going to get hired away sooner or later. Uh, if he's not eventually given a promotion, that's how it works. He's too good of a coach for that not to happen. So, you know, why not give him a shot? I'm sure he'll Yo, be man. cheaper, too, than other yep, options. Yep. He's also a West Coast guy, so it could work out there as well. He could also be someone, I'm sure that's what you were going to say, the choke brings with him. Exactly, to yeah. Marino. I was going to say, if you're, if you're looking for a full-time job, you know, an, an FPS job, that could be a guy that choke looks to bring on. Um, yeah, that, you know, I, I don't. I don't worry about Sark and company being able to to, to fill that spot. I, I do think, though, it's key. You know, it's amazing, Jordan, that this staff, this defensive staff, has been able to stay together for, for three preseasons. And, you know, nobody's gotten fired. Nobody's been poached. Uh, you know, they, they've stayed the course. And lo and behold, man, you got you got one of the best defenses in the country. And, and you know, we talked we talked about off-ball linebacker last week a little bit in the fact that, you know, they, they – uh, you know, missing on Ty Anthony Smith, and then they missed on some targets, some linebacker targets in his class. But the job that Jeff Choate did recruiting off-ball linebacker in the 23 cycle with Anthony Hill, with Leonga LaFowle, Samaji Burrell, who we didn't see much of this year, um, and I'm forgetting somebody else. Oh, Darian Gallette, who also was, he was recovering from a knee injury in high school anyway. Man, that one cycle – completely changed the the long-term outlook of the off-ball linebacker position at Texas. And I think got you up to speed with, it's weird to say this about the SEC because it's still the ultimate line of scrimmage league in college football, but it, it's got you up to speed with where the SEC is as a space and pace league. But also, man, you look at the way Anthony Hill and Leunga LaFowle play, those guys are modern-day off-ball linebackers. So in one cycle – you were able to really get it to where, you know, Todd Orlando could never, I think he figured it out too late. Chris Ash wasn't and Coleman Hustler. They weren't at Texas long enough to really get a, get a grasp on it um, in terms of where they needed to go at off ball linebacker. But Jeff Choate and, and PK together uh, along with Sark and everybody in that personnel department, that one cycle man has completely changed off ball linebacker for this program. No, it's facts. I mean, that was the, Best linebacker all I've ever seen in my time uh, following recruiting. And a lot of those guys haven't even scratched the surface or seen the field yet. You know, I don't – has Samaje Burrell played this year? I don't know. Um, I saw I think, I think he's in street clothes. I, I, I want to say there was a game, it was like the Kansas game maybe, where I think he got in for a little bit. I could be way off on that, but I feel like I remember him getting in at some point. Yeah. He did, definitely um, didn't play the four games, though. If yeah, Galette, Galette, I think he's on the same boat. I know Leonga, um, I'm pretty sure he got in every game through special teams. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, big he's going to be a, a big-time contributor next year for sure. Ant Hill, obviously, we don't really got to talk about him. Y'all know about him. Um, but I mean, one thing that's just nice for Texas fans, being fans of Texas, like, unless it would be a situation like uh, kind of Marion and um, – Jordan Addison, where even though that didn't happen, like there's interest in following your 
your position coach when he gets a promotion. Mm-hmm. No one from Texas is going to leave to go to Nevada. <laughs> you know what I mean? And if they do, <laughs> good chance it's because Texas pushed them out. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, the, they're in a sure. good spot. And, you know, look around at the other programs in Texas, at Oklahoma, at shit, Florida State. Man, be grateful for where Texas is right now. You know, be grateful. That too, man. It's, you know, what's different? Not a lot about of times. Go, for, go ahead, Jordan, because I'll, I'll, I'll add okay. to it when you're done. I was just saying, like, for me, in, in the going to the playoff game, if I get a credential course, that's going to cost a shit ton to go. But, man, I don't know if Texas will ever be in that position again in my lifetime. You know what I mean? And I'll have the chance to cover something like that. So, like, I'm going to be there if I can. And, you know, just being grateful for Texas right now. And I'm very thankful that there are that they are where they are. And I'm not in Andrew Hattersley's shoes right now. Um, probably having to write like a bajillion portal exit drafts. Um, so thankful I'm not in their shoes and thankful Texas is winning. By the way, I'll piggyback uh, what I said earlier with Wags. Right now in Horns 24-7, if you're not a member, as much portal scoop as Jordan's going to drop, as much recruiting scoop, period, as Jordan and Hank are going to drop, the content we've got planned leading up to the Sugar Bowl no better time to be a member than right now, 60% off an annual. And if you're a monthly, you can upgrade to that annual sub for that same 60% off. So get over to the site right now. Take advantage. There's no better time. Uh, that offer is only going to last through Wednesday. So you've got a really short window where you can take advantage of that. But I'll say this, man. You know, Jordan, when you you came into football consciousness uh, with Texas, they were already – you know, in the middle of that run under Mac, like what, what, what's your, what's your first Texas football memory? Hmm. You're probably too young to remember mm-hmm. why crossing the goal line, right? Uh, yeah. I had, uh, I just turned two. So <laughs> don't remember it. Um, but you probably, it's probably, no, cold. I d- probably, Probably my first like thing I can really, really, really remember like vividly is uh, my dad screaming at the TV after uh, Cole got hurt in the Natty game. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, yeah. That's probably like the first memory I got just because how pissed off my dad was. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, man, it's uh, I think about where this program has been, and you know, I, I got lucky that in my formative years, so I was a freshman in high school the year Ricky Williams won the Heisman, that 98 season. So all through high school, I got to see the kind of the rise under Mac and then into my early 20s leading up to them winning a national championship. And really, you, you, you 10, 10 wins in a year was something you took for granted at that point. It's like, okay, come on, you guys have to do more. And not we don't have enough time to get into it. What really spoiled it for Texas at that point was Bob Stoops winning a national championship in his third year or second year at Oklahoma, really accelerated the clock on Mac to get it done. Um, and you took it for granted. And we got through that decade of, you know, the 2010s where, you know, you're going through five and sevens and a lot of Alamo Bowls and, you know, you know Texas is back becoming a punchline. And, and you know, you, you wait for that moment when you're like, you can celebrate Texas. Like, okay, yeah, this is where you've always heard it could get here. You always knew they had the potential to, to compete for national championship. 
it's just weird, Jordan. It's been we talk about kind of that that linear ascent under Sark, but it's like you went from bad to okay, you guys were pretty good to elite. Like you skipped a couple steps from year two to year three to where now, like, oh man, like they got a real they got, you're in the tournament, like you got a chance to go win a national championship now, whether you do or not. Like you're at that level. Like we we've seen now, we've got a glimpse of what Texas football can be under Sark. And I think the hardest thing for people to do, and I, the older I get, Jordan, I learn this, and I still am not very good at it. I don't know that anybody is. It's something everybody struggles with, is being present in the moment and, and really enjoying what that moment is all about. Man, if you're a Texas fan, I really hope you're taking stock of this and you're really enjoying. You've enjoyed this ride, but you're going to enjoy these few weeks leading up to the Sugar Bowl because, man, like Jordan just said, I don't I don't know if they're going to – I don't know when the next time Texas – because you're going to the SEC, man. Winning winning the SEC is never going to be harder than it's going to be starting next year. I don't know when Texas is going to be a, a one-loss conference champion you know, in a national semifinal one game away from – being in the national championship game. So, uh, and yeah, DJ made a good point. NIL portal, it, it does play a huge part in it. But don't lose sight of the fact too, man. Yeah, Texas has some, as Jordan's laid out, man, they've got their NIL situation figured out. They, they've been able to add quality pieces to the portal. Look up and down this roster. How many guys on this roster that are contributors, that are starters, that are all conference type guys, all American type guys, are high school recruits that were either recruited by and or developed by the staff. That's still, that's always going to be the backbone of it. Um, you know, I it, it, to, to Jake's point in the chat, I mean, we're talking dynasty. I don't know. And to tell you the truth right now, I don't care, man. I just, the fact that they're there, Jordan, I'm just going to, I'm going to try to enjoy this as much as anybody. Because trust me, I've been covering this thing for a decade plus. I'm tired of going to the Alamo Bowl. I'm tired of football season being over in the, in, in the early part of November, I'm tired of getting to the end of the regular season and the message from the players is, oh, man, just hope we can get the seniors to a bowl game. Like, trust me, for me, that stuff gets old. So I'm going to enjoy the hell out of this, man, for the next few weeks and really dig into this game against Washington and, and get some good content prepped. I know Chip and Hank and you and Eric, we're all kind of working on it. We're working on it with, with help from the national staff. So I'm pumped, man. No, and I'm not just telling you to, to get you over the horns 24-7. If you, if you do, I would love that. But, man. Trust me, Texas fans, there's no better time to just be fully immersed in your program than than right now. It's awesome. As we welcome on, welcome Brad Kellner. Because BK, you've talked about it time and time again, man. Uh your your time on the 40 acres was not the most prosperous in terms of gridiron success in terms of any sport success shout out to the volleyball team for winning a national championship my freshman year shout out to the men's golf team with jordan spieth for winning a national championship my freshman year and then shout out to swimming and diving for probably winning four national championships when i was there although i didn't pay too much attention to them but no no i mean i got stuck with the end of mac and the start of charlie so I had it rough. I was hoping when I graduated, things were going to turn around like, ah, it was my fault. But clearly it wasn't my fault. And I was hoping once I moved out of Austin the first time, things would turn around. But that didn't happen. And now I'm, I'm grateful, man. Everyone's got their own story. Every Longhorn fan who's been supporting this team over the last 12, 13 years has their story about just what, uh, what these last few years have meant to us. And just how nice it is to be out of that pit of despair that we were in for so long. So I like what you said, Jeff, man. This is 
you know, well, plenty of talk about Washington, and obviously the job is not finished. There's still a lot more that can be accomplished this year, but it's damn near impossible not to just think about how far this team has come and how far this program has come and not smile at least a little bit while you're uh, conference champions and two wins away from being a national champion. Two moments for me I'll describe quickly as Trey has now joined us as we get ready to hand it off to, to Trey and BK. Both during the 2015 season, the 50-7 to loss to TCU, where I'm like, I, I don't know that I've ever seen the on-field product look worse than it does right now, uh, only for them to beat Oklahoma the following week. And then two weeks after that, being in Ames, Iowa on Halloween, a muddy Halloween, where Texas was shut out in Ames, and I'm walking you know, to the interview area with Malik Jefferson and Patrick Valle and just looking at just the distraught, disgusted looks on their face. And I'm like, you know what? I If only I'd known then what I know a few years later, I'm like, man, this this – I don't know if this is rock bottom, but it sure as hell feels like it. I don't know if it gets much worse than this. Being shut, being shut up by an Iowa State team that fired their coach a few weeks later. <laughs> um, but man, just like I've said, to to have it go where you look at Sark's year one, man, and in that 10-day window to have the Jeff Banks monkey incident, the Iowa State loss, the Bo Davis bus rant, the loss to Kansas, Sark getting that weird, awkward, like 45-minute question at the beginning of the press conference the following Monday. I'm like, dude, this is this program is a clown show right now, and I don't know if it's ever going to get better. It really felt like despair was at an all-time high, gentlemen, but here we are, and much happier that Texas is where they are now than when they were then. You guys are out of your minds. This football team is overrated right now, and I want somebody to cut this video up and take it back to all the players and coaches and let them know you guys are fucking overrated. Embrace the hate, bitches, because you're going to get worked by Washington. I just want you to know that right now. Nobody believes in you. We don't say we are. But we're actually all very skeptical. Our UTSD is kicking in, and we're trying to show face right now, but none of us believe in you. <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's funny, uh, Trey, funny. again, man, 2015, like, I don't know why I've got all these memories about 2015, but they beat Oklahoma. Trauma, right? Jeff. Yeah, they beat Oklahoma and the players walk into the press conference. And of course, very different than when they were in Fort Worth the week before Chester puffed out. And it was the cockiest I've ever seen Tyrone swoops where Tyrone's pointing. Great guy. Very mild manner, but Tyrone's pointing to all of us. He's like, yeah, y'all didn't believe. None of y'all did. All y'all counted us out. And one reporter, who shall remain nameless, said, oh, I believe in you guys. And Tyrone just looks at him and goes, no, you didn't. And just kept walking. It's like, man, Tyrone's Tyrone's letting it hang right now. So that was, that was, that was fun. That was the peak of 2015. And then, like I said, I was in Ames a few weeks later. But, hey, we're talking about much better stuff now. I believe in Tyrone Swoops as a tight end. Does that count? <laughs> hey, man, the 2014 Texas offense had three NFL tight ends on it. Just one was playing quarterback. One was initially recruited as a linebacker, and the other was a, a rando juco that Brian Harson found from Butt Community College in California. Oh, that's an actual community college? B-U-T-T-E. That's how it's pronounced, butt, right? Sometimes, you throw, a e, sometimes you throw an E on the end, pronounce it butte, but... Uh. BK, I think it's the same place where they developed our live streaming app. Yeah, that literally is the backbone of Texas Sports Unfiltered. We stream our app through a company called Butt. So I'm a, I've always been a Butt guy, but now even more so. So, so thank too. you for that. All right, Gentlemen, guys. Have a great show. Jordan's got to go get back to portal business and 
Jordan's mm. just like, why did you guys just waste the last four minutes of my time? Good Lord. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I haven't even had a chance to feed my dog. My dog's looking at me like I'm the worst dog owner in the world. So I guess I got to go feed the dog before I do anything else. So if it's a if it's a husky, he can't eat for the next month. No, she's a she's a lab and, and she's old. So we gotta gotta make sure she's got some energy to at least get up and get outside of the bathroom. So there you go. Food, food right. intake has to be at a certain level. All right, see you, boys. <laughs> Have a good show.